T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Great to be with you guys. Welcome into Monday night. This is the only night this week we get to do sports open line. We got baseball the rest of the week and uh, looking forward to all that. You got the Cardinals and the Marlins in Miami the next three nights. Uh, and then, of course, they return home for the weekend. So plenty of good stuff for you on the baseball side. We're also going to be spending a lot of time tonight talking about the hottest team in the National Hockey League. Uh, although maybe there's some debate about that. I mean, the Florida Panthers are uh, they're pretty good right now, too. Actually, Colorado is, too. Uh, the Blues have a nine-game winning streak. They've won 11 of 12. I mean, they've, they've been on a on a goal-scoring tear uh, here in the last, uh, well, I mean, really the last month. It's not quite a month yet, but it's getting close to four weeks now uh, where they're, they, they haven't scored fewer than four goals in a game since March 26th. So, you know, we're a solid, that's eh, three weeks. We're a solid three weeks where you're scoring a minimum of four goals per game. So the offense was killer this weekend. <laughs> Seven goals in the second period against Nashville. I can't even say it. It's so ridiculous. Seven goals in the second period against Nashville. Uh, again, you know, the the team is is where you'd want them to be coming down the stretch run. They're playing well. There's only six games left in the, in the regular season. Uh, you're going to play Minnesota in the opening round. As of now, uh, the Blues are in second place, but it's not quite there yet. Minnesota still has a game in hand, and they're only a point behind. So, you know, it... It, it it's going to be a, an interesting finish, but look, you're playing Minnesota, you know, no, neither of these teams is catching Colorado. Obviously Dallas isn't catching either of them. So you're going to be in that game against Minnesota or game series against Minnesota. And you know, the head to head really looks good in favor of the blues. I mean, the blues have had their way with the wild, not that the games aren't close, but that they've been winning all the games and going back, you know, for actually a couple of years now, really since, since Craig Berube arrived, uh, they've had a lot of success against Minnesota, but the Blues at at nine zero and one in their last ten nine game winning streak. They've won eleven of their last twelve. So if they're not the hottest team in the league, they're right there with Colorado and Florida because Colorado's got a nine game winning streak. The Panthers have won ten in a row, uh, and actually, uh, those are the top two teams in the league in in terms of points. And after them. I think the only there's nobody else in the West. I mean, the Blues have the second best point total in the West at this point. So things are going 
as well as you'd want them to go here down the stretch. I'm sure there are things they'd like to be better at, but when you're scoring goals the way that they are and you're getting goal scoring up and down the lineup the way they are, it's pretty fantastic. So lots to talk about with the Blues coming up on the stretch run here in the playoffs in just a little bit. I mean, we'll get, be getting to that near the end of the month. Uh, the Cardinals coming out of Milwaukee with a four-game split. Yeah, you know, you, you'd love to take three out of four. I don't think you can complain about splitting on the road, though. You know, if, if you're at home, you, you definitely like to win a game um, like yesterday, try to find a way to come back and win that game. Uh, couldn't quite get it done at the end, but still uh, splitting two games in Milwaukee's uh, on the road is fine. If you if you can get two out of three against them when you're playing them at home um, and, and you know, this kind of case split on the road, it's way too early to be too concerned with, you know, winning two out of four versus three out of four, anything like that. Just keep on being, you know, competitive. I mean, they, they, they played the way they should have against Pittsburgh. They only got the one game in against Kansas City. Uh, so they had a couple of off days unexpectedly last week, which kind of changed, uh, you know, who's gotten enough at bats, changed up the pitching order a little bit. And, you know, we'll see where that goes when they start taking on the Marlins, which will be tomorrow night. Uh, but one of the things I want to do this hour, I'm going to spend a little bit of time, not going to do a super deep dive or anything because we're only talking about eight games. But there are some things, even in eight games, that can tell you um, whether or not what you're seeing from a player is truly like what they're doing or a little bit of luck or whatever. Uh, like there's no point in even like analyzing Nolan Arenado. I mean, like he's off to a great start. He's Nolan Arenado. I mean, you know, the 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 stat cast numbers, the stuff that goes behind the scenes, you know, the exit velos and all that stuff, it matches exactly what you think it would with the guy putting up the numbers that he's putting up. But I do want to look at some of the other guys, uh, and not not the whole team because that would be boring and take a long time. But what what does it tell us, for example, about Albert's start? You know, it, it's only 15 at-bats. It's not like we're talking about a, a large enough sample size to draw any real conclusions. But what do, what, what do we know about the opportunities that he's had so far? How's he hitting the baseball? Are the numbers what he deserves? Is there any luck? Is he maybe having bad luck? We'll get into all that with a, with a few guys as we get going. So I want to look at him, at Albert. I want to look a little bit at Goldie, who's off to a slow start numbers-wise. But I'll tell you, you know, what the batted ball stuff is telling us. And we'll maybe have a little fun with that on the pitchers in this hour as well. We're going to look ahead to the Marlins. Um, yeah, look, the Marlins are not a loaded team, but they can pitch. And you're going to get Sandy Alcantara on Wednesday, the former Cardinals prospect uh, who went in the Marcelo Zuna trade, and he's been fantastic. Uh, he's going to be getting the start against Miles Michaelis on Wednesday. Tomorrow it's going to be Adam Wainwright against a young lefty, Jesus Lazardo, who is nasty if he can throw strikes. He had real problems throwing strikes last year in Oakland uh, and even, even after he came over to the Marlins in the trade. But he's off to a really good start this year. And I guess the guy that would probably compare closest to Lazardo stuff-wise is Carlos Rodon, if you've seen him pitch. Obviously, he's with the A's now. I'm sorry, he was with the White Sox last year, and he's with the Giants now. But he, he's he got that. Lazardo has that kind of stuff as a lefty. And we're talking like mid to upper 90s fastball, swing and miss kind of stuff. So you're not getting any easy ones against the Marlins. Uh, and then, of course, you got Cincinnati on the road, and then you'll get to New York next week. I said they're coming home this weekend. They're not. They're going to Cincinnati for the weekend, and then they will be home against the Mets and the Diamondbacks next week. So 
We have all of that lined up. We're going to try to touch on a little bit of everything. We're going to hear a little of what John Mozeliak had to say to Tom Ackerman yesterday about the kind of the first eight games, first seven or eight games of the season. Uh, we are going to update you on a couple of the guys in the minor leagues. Um, and in fact, one of them, a couple of them get mentioned by John Mozeliak. We'll let him play, you know, have him uh, talk a bit about that update. And then I want to follow up on it because Nolan Gorman is hitting bombs. <laughs> I mean, just bombs. He's already got six home runs. And what's weird is they're all solo home runs. It's a very odd thing. Like somebody needs to start getting on base in front of Nolan, or he needs to hit him when there's men on ice. But either way, six bombs and a 350 batting average to start the year. So he's off to a great start. Um, and Juan Yepes and all that. So we're going to update you on what's going on there a little bit as we go. So we're going to split this up quite a bit of Blues talk, quite a bit of, of Cardinals talk. We're going to stick with the Cardinals talk for the rest of this hour. We'll hit the Blues starting up after the 7 o'clock news. So what I want to get into next is can we can we learn anything about a couple of the Cardinals guys in the lineup from the batted ball data? Is there something in there about Paul Goldschmidt to give us encouragement? Um, what is what what are we seeing in Albert's profile here early in the year? And again, it's it's only eight games. It's really only four for Albert, so it's not something we can draw big conclusions on. But they can give us some hints as to what's going on. We'll take a look at that next up here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, let's have a little bit of fun. With data. Oh, I know that sounds great, right? Data's fun. No, it's not. But what we can learn from it can be kind of fun. And, you know, I don't want to draw conclusions. I'm certainly not making any season-long forecasts based on what we're seeing early on. But I I think there are a few interesting cases on the Cardinals right now uh, through eight games. Guys that, you know, we might be able to learn a little bit from uh, or learn a little bit about when we look at how they're hitting the baseball. So let's start with Albert for a second. Like I mentioned it with with Arnado, I'm not going to bother looking at him. I can tell you can I can tell you right now, everything backs up what you're seeing in the numbers. He's hitting the ball hard, and he's hitting the ball hard a lot, which is why he's hitting over 400 with with four bombs uh, and five doubles early in the year. So no worries there. It is exactly what you think it would be. With Albert, you know, it, it, what's interesting about his situation is that it, it sounds like, and it's been described this way by by Ali Marmol, by by John Mosellock that. The opportunities are going to be there for him to get an have an expanded role as the DH, assuming you're seeing what you want to see. Well, while it's super small sample size and all that, and he's really only had four big opportun- four opportunities, he's made the most of it when he's been out there. Hit the big three run homer yesterday, um, and nothing fluky about anything that he's done. 
In fact, the numbers would actually say that he's he should have better numbers than he actually does. Like the batted ball stuff would say that he's actually had a little bit of bad luck because he did. You know, you might remember, you know, opening day as an example, uh, hit the bomb, but he also hit three other balls hard that game. And you know, he he's been doing a good job. He, his average exit velo is is elite. Now again, it's early. You know, the questions for a forty two year old player aren't whether or not you can swing the bat really well for eight games. It's all right. How does it work out over six months? How does it work out? Can't, you know, can you stay healthy? What about matchups? But when it comes to Albert and thinking about 700 home runs, well, the only way he's getting there is if he plays regularly. And the only way he's going to play regularly is if he's doing what he's doing so far, which is taking advantage of the opportunities that are there and doing damage. Well, all right. So the early signs are are hopeful. It doesn't again, that doesn't mean that it's going to be great. It doesn't mean he's going to get 400 plate appearances. It just means that early on, Albert is showing you what you would want to see from him, right? I mean, again, that's really all we can judge. We're not trying to forecast statistics for the next five and a half months based on eight games. Simply saying, okay, based on what we're seeing, what are we learning? What does it tell us? And it's not a complete story. It's the beginning of the first chapter of a really long book. And if you look at it that way, no big deal. So let's look at it with Paul Goldschmidt because Goldie was an absolute monster in spring training. And we felt like everything he hit was a rocket. And when you look at him so far, it's a buck 38, four for 36, no home runs, only one run driven in. He has walked a bunch, which has helped. I mean, he's been on base a fair amount considering that he's only only four for 36. But I'll tell you that some of the batted ball numbers aren't terrible. Um, he's hitting the ball pretty hard. His hard hit rate is in the top 15% or so in Major League Baseball. Obviously, he's doing a great job you know, with, with drawing walks. So there are some signs. He's not chasing pitches out of the zone. Essentially, if you, if you really want to, you know, dumb it down to a simple thing. He's just, he, he's, he's not getting, he's, he's, I'm, there's too much of a variation with the balls in place. So the ones that are hit hard are hit really hard. There's some that are just not, um, he's not barreling the baseball like he normally would, which is a combination of how hard you hit it and the angle that it leaves the bat. It's the combination of those two things. But some of the indicators say that he should be okay. And by the way, it's Paul Goldschmidt. He's a notorious slow starter. Don't know why that is, but it's been true of him for a long time. I don't think you have anything to worry about with him at this point. And honestly, you probably don't have anything to worry about with him unless you get to June and things haven't started to change. Because typically, as the season goes along, he gets better and better. And we saw that very same thing last year. If you wanted to you know, do a little bit of a, of a snapshot look at last year, and, you know, because we saw how, how, the, how it ended, right? I mean, you know, the second half of the year, Goldschmidt, was one of the hottest hitters in baseball. His his season numbers when you finished it up were pretty fantastic. You know, I mean they they were Paul Goldschmidt numbers at the end of the year. 31 homers, 99 ribbies, you know, nearly a 900 OPS. So, you know, he he in the end of the year, he was exactly the player that you would have expected. Now, if you if you look at the beginning part of the year, you know, it wasn't like it is now. You know, this is a a pretty slow week for him, but you look at the beginning of the year. So, at, at the end of April last year, Goldie was only hitting 214, and that OPS was under 600. He was like 30% below league average for the first month of the year. 
And then it got a little bit better in May. And then it got better in June. And it got better in July. And it got better in August. Like, he literally got better every month. Like, every month was better than the one before. And that's not an unusual thing for Goldschmidt. So, I, I don't I don't draw any conclusions. I certainly don't worry at all about him. He's going to be just fine. Now, how about Tommy Edmond, who's off to a pretty good start? He hit a couple of home runs in Milwaukee. Um, hit one in the series before that. Uh, I'm sorry, in the Pittsburgh series. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, there's been a lot of focus on for a couple of good reasons. I mean, one, he's a gold glove defender. He's an everyday player last year. He comes into this year as an everyday player. But he's the guy with the top prospect knocking on the door right behind him at AAA. You know, Nolan Gorman's playing second base. And that guy's got six home runs already this season. I mean, Gorman's a top 30 prospect in Major League Baseball. And what's interesting is Tommy Edmond is actually showing the kind of improvement that he talked about in the spring, and it's not been dumb luck. He's actually getting what he deserves. I mean, he's hitting 333. He's got a nice, you know, he's getting on base better, of course, because of the high batting average. But as much as, again, we, we can only learn so much from eight games, but this is stuff that he talked about working on in spring training. But the walk rate for him is up a good bit. It's early, but that's a good sign. He's not, he's he's never going to be a guy that's an elite exit velo guy. It's just not his game. But he he's making a lot of good contact. And when when you're looking at, you know, the the production that he's put up, it's all legit. There's no there's nothing lucky about what he's done. I mean, of course, when you've hit three home runs already, that's not luck. When you're hitting the ball over the fence, there's not much luck there unless you're looking at gale force wins. So I'd say that's an encouraging sign. You know, because you know, Edmund has very clear strengths, right? He's an elite runner, he's an elite defender. But the questions with him have been basically, can he get on base more? You know, for for the player that he is, he's got good pop. It's not like he's never going to be a home run hitter, but he's also not a slappy guy either. He can drive the ball into the gaps and he can occasionally hit the ball over the fence. The question's going to be, can you keep the on-base percentage up? And whether that's because of a high batting average or just an improved walk rate or both, doesn't matter. Because we know what his what his bare minimum is. His bare minimum is, you know, elite defense and a guy that can run and put the ball in play a little bit. But so far early, if if you were looking for a guy that was working on something in the spring, he's brought that to the regular season to this point. Now, the, again, the only real test for any of this is can you do it over the course of the season? And keep in mind, you know, with Tyler O'Neill, we had that same thing last year, right? You remember last year in the spring, you know, everything that you wanted to see from O'Neill was there. You were seeing power to right center field. You were seeing a few more balls in play. Uh, fewer swings and misses. And by the way, the bigger thing with O'Neal, and he's talked about it a lot when he's been asked questions about what's different for him, is he's not he's not getting outside of his uh, outside of the zone. He's not chasing pitches that are outside the zone. And for O'Neal, by the way, that's holding up again this year. He's not his chase rate's really good. When he swings and misses, he's swinging and missing at strikes. He's not going outside of the zone to get himself out. And so even though he's only got one home run so far and the numbers for him aren't spectacular, um, there, there are there's some signs that he should be able to be getting, he should be getting more out of it here in the not too distant future. Some of those trends that we wanted to see established or the ones we saw him establish last year were good. But he's an example of a guy that 
went into last spring with a very clear idea in mind of what he needed to do better. And then he brought it into the regular season and we saw the breakout year. And we're, you know, again, it's too early to, to draw a conclusion. But based on what we've seen, Tommy Edmond has made a similar transition from spring to regular season for now. Now, how much of this will last for all of these guys? That I mean, who knows, man? That if, if I knew that, I'd be living in Vegas and I'd own all those big buildings out there as opposed to just going in there to bet on sports and play some blackjack. But early on, I'd say that, the, you know, team-wide, it's not exactly uh, let's set the world on fire, but it's been more good than bad. Yeah, there are, you know, if you, if you get, like, for example, uh, Dylan Carlson, you know, his, his numbers so far this year are not exactly what you're looking for. Um, he, he, But, again, numbers at this early stage are super hard to to draw a ton of meaning from, which is why I keep saying over and over again, we're only looking at the snapshot of the way the world is now. We're not talking about all of this carrying forward. Uh, but at this point, I think the one thing that Dylan needs to do better based on the early returns, and this is just early, and I'm comparing this to last year, right now he's just chasing a little bit too much. That's the big difference. If you look at what he's done so far this year and you compare it to where he was last year, if he just exercises a little bit better strike zone judgment, he'll be fine. You know, there's no, there's nothing really changing with his with his swing profile. There's nothing changing with bat speed or anything like that in such a short amount of time. He's chasing pitches right now that he shouldn't chase and that's leading to the weak contact that you're seeing. But but again, nothing nothing that you would say is a, a super concerning element here. All right, so we've already done this on the offensive side. I don't want again, I don't want to get into too much of this throughout the course of the day, but I do want to talk about a couple of pitchers because to me, there are a couple of guys that I'm really excited about some of the things that we're seeing. Uh, and yeah, there I, I don't know if there's anybody that I'd be overly concerned about, but there might be a thing or two that I want to see tweaked. We'll talk a bit about the pitching side next up here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yannier Molina. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the D.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. All right, Monday night on Sports Open Line. we got some Blues talk coming up after the 7 o'clock news. Uh, around 7.30, we'll have you hear a little of what uh, John Moselock had to say with Tom Ackerman on sports on a Sunday morning yesterday. A couple of interesting topics in there that I want to hear from, and then we'll kind of build off of those for a discussion after that. Uh, between now and the top of the hour, more baseball, and certainly I want to get to the pitching side again, early stuff, all that, you know, all the same disqualifiers from the last segment. Uh, but there are a couple guys that have my interest, um, so far this year. Um, not, not super excited about anything. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I should say super excited, super surprised by anything. Um, not that worried about anyone. I, I'd say I like kind of what we're seeing from miles. Michaelis. obviously his last outing was really good. I, I, I like the way the ball's coming out of his hand. He's throwing strikes, uh, obviously his thing is to, is to limit hard contact. And he's done that. Um, the hard hit rate against him is, is well below league average. So you know, he's, he's better than league average. The hitters have been below league average against him is what that means. So happy with how he's looked so far. I mean, Gallegos looks like Giovanni Gallegos does. I mean, he's always kind of the same guy, but there are a couple that I wanted to touch on that are either interesting because they're back and healthy like Jordan Hicks 
and others that are are, are somewhat new to the mix. But I, I want to focus on the guys that are back and healthy first, and that would be Hicks and Helsley. Uh, I think you know what I've seen so far from Jordan Hicks, and again, not that much. He's only had the opportunity to appear in two games, but he was able to go two innings in both of them. He's not giving up much of anything, and he's striking people out, which is not something he's always done. And I'm going to be really interested to see, and I know it's weird, right? I mean, you're talking about a guy that throws well over 100 miles an hour, and don't get me wrong, his strikeout rates, you know, when he was a younger player, 2018, 2019, they weren't bad by any means, but they weren't what you would think for, you know, a guy that at the time was throwing 104. You know, his his strikeout rate, like 2018, 2019, was just a little bit above league average Well, when you're throwing over 100 It'd be more than that, but it's it's high right now, which is an interesting thing. I don't I don't know exactly how that's going to keep on playing out over the course of the year, um, but his fastball is just a little bit lower than where it was. He's at, I mean, it's it's weird to say this about a guy averaging ninety eight and a half miles an hour with a fastball, but he was averaging ninety nine with it last year. But it wasn't a very you know he didn't pitch much last year, obviously. But so far this year, you're seeing him get the swings and misses that you would love. And you're seeing him quite easily go through two innings without very much difficulty. And you look at the ahead of the Cardinals schedule, the third game of the series against the Marlins. So the Thursday game would be a spot where he might line up to finally get that first start. Right now, it's kind of an open spot. And the Cardinals have a bunch of guys that could step in there and, and start that game and go two or three innings. Uh, and, and obviously, Hicks would be great. So I, don't, I guess it will depend on whether they need him here in the next couple of days. He just pitched yesterday, but it was, again, it was only two innings and 35 pitches. But I like the way the ball's coming out of his hand. It looks, he, he looks fairly comfortable and he's missing some bats. I'll tell you the guy that really, I know, again, it's not very much, but who really is throwing the ball well is Ryan Helsley. I mean, he, he's a guy that could be a massive part of this bullpen if he can stay healthy. I know last year there were uh, some bumps and bruises for him and obviously literally uh, bumps and bruises with the knee. But the ball is coming out pretty good right now, and his fastball has more life than it had last year. And I don't just mean in terms of velo, but velo's up for him. I mean, like he was throwing on an average about 97 miles an hour last year. His average fastball so far this year is 99. And I, again, it's only you know three appearances. It's not even three innings of work for Helsley yet. But spin rate's up on that, too, which makes that fastball that much harder to hit. And again, I just it, it, it's super early, and that, that average velo can come down when you're, you know, June, July, August, and you're, you're tired and you've worked a few times that week already. You know, those things can level off. But right now, the ball's coming out of his hand great. And some of the stuff that me- you measure behind the scenes is, is coming up great as well. Now, the newer guys are... Kind of the guys I wanted to hit on real quickly next up, and I'm not going to spend a ton of time on them, but you know uh, the the young kid, the rookie Palante, who's got the big arm, um, you know, throws hard. His, you know, his average fastball this year uh, is about 96. So you know, he's a guy that's another power arm. He's always been a starter in the minor leagues, and again, I'm not really judging the results too much, but he's done a pretty good job. Good life on the fastball. He's done a pretty good job of limiting hard contact. And I think that's a, an interesting sign. Now, I would bet that when we get to the end of the month and you get to May, I would bet that he's probably one of the guys that goes back down to the minors. 
um, probably to get work as a starter, to be honest with you, unless they're going to end up sh- switching him over to the bull- to a, bu- a bullpen profile. But two of the pitchers on the staff here early are going to have to go down. And just given the fact that, you know, he, he's one of the guys later on on the, on the staff and you've got a couple of others that can go on long relief runs like Jake Woodford, like Drew Verhagen, like Aaron Brooks, I would think that he's probably one of the guys that goes down. And actually, you know, it seems like the other would be between Woodford and Whitley. Uh, and I guess that might depend on how people are throwing when you get to the point where you have to make that decision. You know, Whitley's not gotten a ton of work so far, but again, you had a couple rain out. So, you know, a few of these guys are really not looking at a whole lot of, uh, not looking at a whole lot of, of opportunity at the, at this point, but it sounds like, you know, guys like Brooks and Verhagen probably stay in the majors because look, they're not prospects. They're, they're 30 year old guys, you know, Verhagen's case, he's 31, you know, having them as long relief guys um, and, and guys that could come in and go to, you know, even start a game here or there. If you need a spot starter to go three innings, four innings, he could be that guy. Now here's the thing. You look at Verhagen's numbers so far and you, 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 I'm talking about the traditional ones and you'll see, you know, Hey, he's thrown three and two thirds and he's got a seven thirty six ERA and it seems pretty scary. The truth is that he's actually been really good. Like he's not giving up hard contact. He's been, and I, again, first week of the season, 2011, Tony LaRusa coming at you. First week of the season. But he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year at limiting hard contact. He's in the top 5% in baseball at limiting hard contact. Now, the bad news for him is that he's walking people, and that's what's gotten him into trouble. So if he stops walking people, the, the batted ball profile against him is is weak, to be honest. I mean, weak for the hitter. The league average exit velocity, average exit velocity around Major League Baseball is 88.3 miles an hour. Teams are only getting him for about 82 miles an hour. So he's really not giving up hard contact at all. But when he has allowed hits, you know, he's had problems with a few guys. I think it's three walks and three and two thirds, which is way too many. So if he cuts that back, I think they're actually really encouraging signs on Verhagen. You know, he, he's got a really good fastball. Um, he's got some life to it. I, I, the, the, the breaking ball has a chance to be really strong as well. And, you know, the fastball so far has been pretty effective. I mean, all, really all of it. And he's, he's a guy that right now has already used five different pitches, even though he's not thrown a ton. He's been mixing and matching. So he's thrown uh, the, 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 the pitch that he's thrown the least is his curveball. He's thrown that 11 times. The pitch that he's thrown the most is the fastball 20 times. So he's used them all. 16 sliders, 16 sinkers, 14 changeups. So his mix has been good. He gets to throw in strikes and... I think he's a guy that could end up being a pretty good asset. Like the 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 the, the numbers look pretty good behind the scenes. Like the life is there, and the ability to to control contact is there. Not quite as same, not quite the same story with Aaron Brooks, but pretty good so far for him. And I'll, I'll be curious to see how those two guys are used and kind of who ends up sticking around as we go. So those are just a few people. I don't want. I'm not going to go through the whole staff. It'd be ridiculous. I didn't want to go through the whole lineup, and I didn't. Just wanted to paint the picture here that, you know, your your what you've done so far. Accurately reflects where you are at five and three. Nothing weird. Pretty much as you would expect it. And obviously, you know, Pittsburgh's not very good. The Royals are okay, but not special. 
Obviously, the Brewers are your big competition in the division. So you've had a little bit of both, like quality competition and a little bit lesser competition. This week, you know, the Marlins are okay. They can really pitch. Um, the Mets, I'm sorry, the the Reds are are okay. I don't think they're very good. But, you know, one of those games, you're going to get Hunter Green. How about that? On Friday, you're going to get Hunter Green, the dude that threw. What did he throw? Was it 39 pitches at 100 miles an hour or more in his last start? That's pretty good. It's pretty good to be able to do that as a starter as well. So you'll get him coming up in the first game of that series against Cincinnati on Friday. All right, coming up next, we want to change gears just a little bit, staying with the baseball side of things. Uh, let's talk about the catching mix here early. I'm not saying it's not super surprising that Kisner's getting some run here early in the year based on Yadi starting the spring a little late, but we'll we'll set this up because Kisner is playing a good bit and they're going to find spots for Yadi and gradually increase his workload based on you know, how much he catches up. But it's interesting because this has not been the dynamic for a very long time. And, you know, how long how, how long before it changes does it if Kisner keeps on hitting? Because he's hitting pretty well right now. We'll get to that next up on KMOX. All right, just a couple minutes here, and I thought this would be a good time here at the end of the hour to talk a bit about the split of time uh, behind the plate for the Cardinals. You know, it's it's been a long time, <laughs> years, <laughs> decade and a half since anybody other than Yadier Molina really got, um, quote-unquote, regular playing time uh, behind the plate. But because Yadi got a late start to the spring and they don't want to rush him in, they want to give him an opportunity to, you know, continue to get better as it goes and, I you know, get, become more ready as they go and, and actually – uh, Oliver Marmel talked a bit about this with Albert too, that, you know, they, they, they want to manage these guys early in the year as a way of maintaining them later into the year. And it only makes sense, especially given the short spring, especially given that the sh- spring was even shorter for Albert and Yachty than it was for everybody else. So it makes sense. And I'll say, you know, it's nice to see Andrew Kisner look good. He's doing a really nice job. He had the big home run, obviously, uh, in the series against Pittsburgh, uh, swinging the bat reasonably well. He's not he's not crushing. I know the numbers look great, um, but he's not he's not crushing the baseball. But he's taking really good at bats, and he's giving you a reason to say, all right, maybe maybe he can be a guy that plays more this year, and eventually has a bigger role even than that next year. You know, in a perfect scenario. Yachty plays the majority of the games because he's playing well enough to do that, right? Because, you know, when he's when he's healthy and swinging the bat even reasonably well, the, the, the mental side of the game is such a big part of catching and working with your pitchers and helping, helping them make adjustments. It's such a big deal. And experience makes that an easier thing to do. Well, you know, Kisner just doesn't have that experience. And I'll say, though, I think he's done a really nice job. You know, just again, looking at it, you know, from the press box, looking at it on TV, I think he's done a pretty good job of making sure that, you know, he's he's calling the game well. He's trying to execute, um, you know, the game plan, the way that they put it together beforehand and all of that. And hopefully he'll play well enough to deserve this. Because I do think the amount of time that Yachty plays this year will have, have to do with how both of them are going. If, if Kisner is struggling either offensively or defensively, well, certainly that's going to lead more to Yachty playing because even if Yachty's not peak Molina and hitting the way that he did a you know, handful of years ago, he brings so much to the table 
from the the mental side of things and the preparation that he becomes the easier default choice. So you'd love it for Kisner to force it that he gets to play more. And obviously, you know, I I think it, it's it's probably a fair assumption to think that maybe Molina can be a better offensive player if he's a little bit more rested moving forward. But I and I don't know if that means that's I don't mean that as a 50-50 split. I still think in a perfect world when you get to September and October that Yachty's the main guy. Like it, but but again, you want it to be that not because he's Yachty, but because that's how he's playing. And I think it's smart to look at that in the big picture and build toward that rather than jump right out of the gate like he's 30 years old and go, all right, here you go, buddy. Start as many games as you can. But it's been early. It's been interesting to look at that early in the year. We'll see how that continues as Yachty gets more and more up to full speed based on the time that he's been back. All right, hang tight. We're going to talk Blues after the top of the hour. Do Blues just score again? No, they're not playing. But it feels like they score every two minutes. We'll talk about the offense when we come back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.